Now, whenever it comes to the Bible, we've got manuscripts that date all the way back within 25 to 100 years. I think theology is for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something? I know. Theology. Theology. Unplugged. These are my conversations with my buddy, Tad, as we talk about things about Christianity. He is new to theology, and he loves theology. I kind of like theology, as you probably know. So it uh, he, he's called, been calling me for years. We've been talking, and we're continuing our conversation. But we're continuing our conversation live, especially since Tad got really serious. God put him through some hell. You probably... If you've been keeping up with this, God has put him through a lot of stuff. And I'm really proud of Tad because, the, the, I mean, he he hasn't left. And I know that that doesn't sound extraordinary to some of you, but some of you it does because whenever you go through hell with God, especially if it's your first time really trying to follow him and you basically say, hey, okay, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm trying now. I'm yours. Teach me. Help me to understand things. And then immediately start going through hell. A lot of people check out at that point. And God does that for a reason. I mean, he does. He, he, he's not in the business of keeping us happy. He's in the business of keeping us spiritually healthy, but not happy. It's not his, not his goal right now. In the future, new heavens, new earth, we'll bring that stuff up. But me and Tad have fun, and we're, we're actually happy whenever we're together. I'm so glad that uh, God has has uh, brought Tad around and let me do these conversations with Tad. So, hey, Tad. Hey, Michael. How you doing? I'm good, man. You've uh, lost weight since I saw you last. <laughs> oh, well, that, that would be quite something. Yeah, yeah, well, it is. I mean, it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, today is one of my fasting days, so uh, hopefully it hopefully it keeps on keeps on. Does it helping. make me grumpy? Fasting? No, it doesn't, actually. It gives me more energy, believe it or not. But you have to be... You have to do it a certain way. You can't... It, it'll make most people grumpy, but I've done it enough to where I know how to do it, and I know how to actually be in a better mood whenever I'm whenever I've been eating. Okay. All right. Well, it's good to see you. Yeah. Good to see you too. Can um, we, uh, can we, God, I'm scared to even say this. Um, I, because of all of our, uh, listeners and the ones that are just the Patreons and thank you so much guys. I mean, folks, it's really a big deal and it's, um, this is keeps getting more traction every single week and it's uh we michael and i didn't expect how big this is going to get and it's uh it's just taken up so what i would like to do uh, is put this on michael this time is to say a prayer first um because <laughs> clearly <laughs> hey, you, you had to have been with us last time and seen uh tad already suggested this the first time and i made him pray but in in anticipation of you doing something like this I am gonna let us watch a video, and this is just this is just simply for me and Tad's benefit as we pray in public, and we need we need help learning how to pray, and so and, and you know I tried to teach Tad some of the tips last time, but I found the ten ten killer prayer tips. So let's Tad, do you mind watching this real quick? Oh, no, I can't wait. Okay, here we go. 
How long is it? Uh, I don't know. Not very long. I don't think they're. You'll be laughing the whole time. Okay, that's all I want to do. Okay, <laughs> hold on. And eat. Hi, I'm Johnny. And I'm Chachi. We're getting here ministries. You know, a lot of people come up to us and ask us hard questions about God and the Bible and spiritual living. And you know why a lot of those questions are softball questions for us? There are actually some pretty good ones. One of them being, how do I have a better prayer life? Well, good news, we got some killer tips to a better prayer life. Before we do that, though, let's start off with a title and some dance moves. No, we're not doing a title and a dance. Let's just kind of get into this. <laughs> when you're saying a prayer in public, you want to use the phrase Father God as much as humanly possible. <laughs> Just last week, I said a 30-second prayer and got 17 Father Gods in it. So look, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying with a little bit of effort, it can be done. If you have a prayer request but don't actually want to request it, simply say, unspoken. <laughs> I currently have six unspokens that I'm praying for this guy about. Johnny, sorry to bother you, but I actually have another prayer request. Okay. What? It's unspoken. <laughs> okay, well that's seven. And while I have no clue what I'm praying about, someone does. Just no one human. The Bible says pray without ceasing, and well, we believe in the Bible. Chachi has been praying without ceasing for over 32 hours now. Chachi, how do you feel? What, who said what? Where, where am I? Well, Chachi, you have been praying for over 32 hours straight. You feel pretty good? <laughs> Can I get a restroom break? <laughs> <laughs> Not if you want to fully obey scripture. <laughs> Let's say you become privy to some juicy information about someone, but don't want to be seen as a gossip. We've got good news. You're good to go if you put it in the form of a prayer request. <laughs> I still cannot believe what Jill said to Keith. I can't believe it either, but did you know that John got canned? What? Are you, are you... Let's talk about it in a prayer group. <laughs> Some think your prayer position is irrelevant, but we have found that your prayer position can not only boost your prayer life, but can stretch you physically. Chachi, why don't you go ahead and show us some examples? Well, I wasn't really planning on praying, but I guess I could give it a shot. <laughs> I wasn't planning on praying. Oh, very nice. Good. That is classic. Wow. Seriously, wow. The last thing you do when you pray is fairly obvious. You say, Amen. And if you happen to be in a group of people holding hands, it's imperative that you accompany that Amen with a physical action known as the hand squeeze. <laughs> The squeeze lets the people on either side of you know, hey, the prayer's over. I care about you, but I'm letting go now. And when you are holding hands, never interlock, because that can make your prayer partners a little uncomfortable. <laughs> we want to thank you for watching, or shall I say, growing in your prayer life. Yeah, now can we do the, the title and dance moves? No, just kind of say thanks for watching. And <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my God. That's, that is uh, good stuff, isn't it? So I guess we prayed. What's that? I guess we prayed already. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That was just, yeah, yeah. that's what. <clears throat>
Well, that I was the killer the prayer tips I was trying to give you last week. The unspoken. The unspoken. <laughs> well, you you were at OCS, and so you remember unspokens. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's what was so funny about <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was thinking there's some of these you won't know, and then I was like, you, you remember them all since, I mean, you'd understand yeah. them all. Yeah, I was there for nine weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the squeeze at the end of the prayer was yeah, too. That, that, no, that happens to Catholics too. I mean, just, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Funny. Yeah. No. No. Let's let's do pray though. I would all like seriousness. That. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I'd like that. I was like, okay, okay, okay. We're gonna start. Yeah. God, thank you for this time. We pray that you would take care of the session as we don't know what we're gonna talk about, and we just hope that it is something that is beneficial for your kingdom, for us. And uh, thanks for the time that Tad and I have to be able to do this. And just whoever's watching out there, Lord, we do ask that you would be make this beneficial for them as well. It's, it's just, I know it's just me and Tad here. And um, we're, we're, we do a lot of, we have a lot of fun together. Tad's learning a lot, but I, I, I ask you would, let us talk about the right things in the right way and let there be somebody out there that it helps them and changes their life. And we just want everybody, ultimately, Lord, we want everybody to love you more. We want everybody to know you more. We want everybody to trust you more. And we leave this in your hands. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. A lot of, a lot of lords. I only said two lords. Oh, yeah. I said one Father God and two Lords. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, can't I, I thought he might have forgotten I was talking to him. You know, like halfway yeah. through, I'm like, he's probably dozed off. Lord, you know, that's kind of the deal you do. Another yeah, thing yeah. you do, the, another thing you do is you you say just as many times. We just pray. I just pray for Tad, and I just pray for this. Just is just such a great way because it shows the simplicity of your prayer. It's just a prayer. It's just helping somebody. It's just, it makes it manipulates God. It helps them understand that what you're asking is very simple. Got it. Manipulates God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want uh Lord to, um, or Lord, I just want to th have the right words to ask Michael and so uh, just <laughs> help this to be just keep on going. Yeah. And I'm just very, Thankful, Lord, uh, for all the people that are listening and that are supporting. And thank you, Lord. Uh, and I just wanted to say that, Lord. Amen. <laughs> all right. Just amen, Lord. <laughs> just amen. Yeah, what's amen mean? Um, so be it. Ah, yeah, so be it. Yeah. Okay, amen, amen. Um, truly, truly, you know, that's the way it's sometimes translated. It's kind of like... I don't know. It's 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 okay. just the end of a prayer. Just Hang the on. end of a prayer. All right, Tad. So what do we got today? It's just the end of a prayer, Lord. Uh, <laughs> I got a quick question, and this is going to be very elementary again because I'm an idiot. But I've got a friend, a very good friend. I would consider one of my best friends. Um, that is, you guys believe in the same God. <clears throat> He's got the King James Bible in front of him quite often. And um, he's just the most amazing person I've ever met, but it's just such a different um, way of 
of believing, you know, uh, there he's more of what's uh, so, such a different way of believing. Well, it's more formal than, than how you are. Are you talking about the, are you talking about the King James itself being more formal or the, I haven't, that the, I don't know anything really about the, I just know how he interprets it. And it's, it's, you know, the words that are turn off words to me. Yeah. And it's, they're too formal and I don't, um, but turn off words. Like when you and I talk, you, you'll say things, um, that are more down to earth and more like, okay, I get that, you know, until you start getting all weird, but it's, um, you know, I want you to, to me very, very much, but, um, it's, it's a different way of, now, so are you, are you saying that um, whenever he expresses his faith, he expresses it kind of like we were talking about last time during the prayer, you know, sometimes when we, whenever we start to pray, we turn into a kind of a different person, but is he, are you saying that he kind of is like this at all times, you know, like uh, very formal, like King James English type thing, whenever you're talking, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Like. Or is no it cussing, no cussing, which is the King whatever. James Bible. Huh? Is it simply that he uses the King James Bible? I don't know. It might be part of his personality, but he's very um, proper, which he should be. But well, let me, let me, uh, I, I don't know him. I don't know him, but let me, let me see what maybe I'm going to, especially since the first thing he said, he's got a King James Bible. And I don't know whether he is, I really don't know whether he is or not. Never talked to him. You don't even know what this is. So you wouldn't really know, but there are people out there that are, um, that are King James only. This is a position that you have whenever it comes to the scripture. Um, you know, I got, I got a King James Bible here too. It's uh, King James is, is a fine Bible. It's just, it was done. The, the first edition was done in 1611. The last edition, I don't know, 1627, something like that. But it just has a language about it. It was the dominant Bible for 400 years until the NIV, uh, in the 1960s or 1970s, but the King James was the most read Bible in the English world. The English world is the is the predominantly Christian world. Uh, that is the representation. And so the King James Bible simply represented Christianity to so many people for so long. Uh, but um, the King James Bible, what some people believe is that it is the only Bible you should read from. It is the best Bible. It's the best translation. And they believe this based upon, I don't know, it depends on who they are, but usually what they do is they, they find um, something on the manuscripts behind it. So every Bible, Tad, comes from, uh, you got King James English, but before that, what they translated from, you're trying to get to the original. We don't have the original autographs of the Bible, the thing that Paul wrote down on the scroll that Paul wrote on, uh, the, the stones that Moses wrote the Ten Commandments on. We don't have those. And so what we do is we have to find copies. And we want to get back as early as we possibly can so that the copies that we have don't distance themselves much from the originals. 
so that there's not any time for change. And we've, we've done a really, really good job of this. The Bible, there's nothing else like the Bible whenever it comes to this. I mean, like you talk about, say, Homer's Iliad. You've got a gap of 1,500 years between what we have now, the earliest copy we have, and what, when Homer wrote the Iliad. And so 1,500 years. And we've got it. Homer, he's, he's yeah. a Greek a Greek writer. He wrote uh, the Odysseys. Okay, okay. I don't know. Just all right. Okay, keep going. But um, you've got uh, you've got this huge gap. So a lot of a lot of it could have changed, and then we've only got about eight hundred and fifty copies of Homer's Iliad. Um, that's a lot, though. I mean, it really is it's to get sad. back as far as we've gotten back to within fifteen hundred years. And most people believe that because of that, because we've gotten so far back we can be fairly sure that what we're reading when we, we read the Iliad was actually very, very close to what was written. Uh, no, no significant changes. So that's that. That's an example. I mean, we've got histories of, you know, the Caesars. We've got, we've got all kinds of things that are like this. But Homer's Iliad would be a good example because that's one of the best represented works that we have. Now, whenever it comes to the Bible, we've got manuscripts that date all the way back within 25 to 100 years right in there we have manuscripts that and the gap is just barely there so john finished the book writing the book of john or the book of revelation the last book of the bible let's say he finished that let's say he did it in AD 90 which is probably around whenever he wrote it and then the earliest copy we have is around AD 150 so that's a hundred that that's a 50 year gap not much, right? Uh, but whenever it comes to the Bible, we've got hundreds, we, we've got tens of thousands of representations that go all the way back before the printing press. So it, the Homer's Iliad, 1,500 years gap, the Bible, 50-year gap. Um, Homer's Iliad, uh, 850 copies, the Bible, 24,000 copies, including translations. I mean, it's ridiculous. Most people would just say, we've got an absolute embarrassment of riches whenever it comes to the Bible. I mean, there's no way anybody who speaks and says the Bible was so long ago, it's gone through so many copies that we can't possibly trust it anymore, has no clue what they're talking about. Now, I'm not saying that's what this guy says at all. Trust me, yeah. I'm just, no, it's not, it's I'm not. just trying to say, I mean, yeah. yeah, no, you're just explaining. Can I see, can you see the manuscript behind me? Yeah. Yeah. Manuscript right there. See that? Yeah. yeah. That is, that is, uh, a, uh, facsimile of P 52 P 52 is the earliest known manuscript right now that we have. And that's of, uh, that's of the book of John. So, I mean, it's just great to be able to keep these things up here. That's actually done in papyri, real papyri made in Egypt out of the reeds of the Nile, uh, beat together, glued, made the paper. So it's the actual paper they wrote on. And I printed it up the exact same way. And it just looks the same. I'm really proud of that. Well, yeah, I was about <laughs> to say the same thing. Um, I, I, but, everything you just said, I was going to say. So, I'm yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> you, so you've got you've got all these manuscripts, and what we're trying to do is to say, okay, then what about the Bibles? Well, I've got ten copies of different Bibles over there. Some of them are I've got a King James, right? Uh, what we're talking about right now. I've got a New American Standard NAS. 
I've got an NIV, New International Version. I've got an ESV, English Standard Version. I've got an NET, New English Version. I've got so many different versions over here. I mean, there's so many. If you go and you search a Bible verse online, your Bible Hub will come up. And Bible Hub will give you about 75 different English translations that we have. Okay, now, so... Not, no, no, go, 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 go. I, uh, you know, I've always compared the Bible to a law book or the law, right? Okay. Uh, and you've got a bunch of different lawyers that interpret it in a different way. Now we've got different law books being written in someone's interpretation of the original Bible. Why? I mean, if it's, if it's the Bible, I mean, it's the Bible. Right. I mean, that's well, because most people, number one, don't have access to the original, the earliest ones. That is not the, the actual P52. Actual P52 is sitting in Manchester um, under lock and key to where, you know, you, you've probably never even seen it. If you have seen it, you got to be somebody in the know. So that's a that's a representation of P52. I don't have access to these original documents or these early documents. So I I have to rely on something else. I I can't go study, say, I'm going to go study the Bible. Let's go over to England and go to the museums and start finding all the earliest versions. And another thing is most people can't speak or don't know how to read Greek. That's what the New Testament was written in. Hebrew and Aramaic are what the Old Testament was written in. Most people don't know that. Unless you've been to seminary, you won't know that stuff. So you have to rely upon a translation of it into your own language. And so there's people all over the world still translating the Bible into languages that don't have any representation of the Bible at all. It's nice that English is such a, it's a lingua franca. It's the, it's a language of the people. It's the, it is usually people speak English as a second language. So we can get them a Bible of some sort, but all of these different translation uh, translations were done based upon the earliest Greek manuscripts they had at the time or Hebrew manuscripts they had at the time. So whenever the King James was done, 1611, you had a guy named Erasmus who, who, was, uh, who was commissioned by the Catholic Church of the day, 1611, um, to put together a, a um, Greek New Testament. The, the, the printing press had just been invented 100 years before and so now the church is like, we want a Greek New Testament that comes off the printing press. And Erasmus was like, I, I don't have the manuscripts that are, that are complete. I don't even have parts of Revelation. And they just said, well, do the best you can, backtrack from, from uh, Latin or whatever. So he did the best he could with the manuscripts he had available in his area. And he put together a Greek New Testament. It was a decent Greek New Testament. It wasn't that bad. But he had not had the discoveries that we've had today that go all the way back. That P-52 was not discovered whenever the King James was done. Uh, a lot of the earliest manuscripts that we have that are, were found in Egypt, because Egypt will preserve it. Since it's so dry in Egypt, they would find trash dumps full of manuscripts. Uh, letters to, from uh, a soldier to his home. Letters from a man to his wife about what to cook for dinner. Whatever. Uh, that this pat trash dump had so many things and you go through it and there's there were some 
manuscripts of the Bible that dated way, way back within a hundred years, within 200 years of the Bible. Whenever the King James was written, they didn't have access to all these. They did the best they could and used the manuscripts that they had at the time in 1611 and put together a Greek New Testament along with a Hebrew Old Testament. And then based upon that, um, Erasmus, Erasmus was way beforehand, excuse me. I, I'm, I'm sorry because I'm talking about when the King James was actually done. But you have, you have the Greek New Testament that was done by Erasmus in the 16th century, and then the King James, which was translated from that in the 17th century, the early 17th century. So basically what you have is you have all of these different uh, translations out there that use the Greek that they had at the time of the translation or the Hebrew that they had at the time of the translation. Every year we find new manuscripts. There's a, uh, a friend of mine named Dan Wallace. You've probably heard me talk about him yeah, before. Yeah. But yeah, Dan Wallace, he's the, he's the Indiana Jones of, of uh, Greek manuscripts. He's, he's finding new ones all the time. He's you know searching through libraries. Huh? You know this guy? Dan? Yeah. He was my teacher in seminary. He is, and I think you've told me this before. A couple, of, how long you've known him for a while? Yeah, a long time. Because you you've compared him to Indiana Jones uh, more than once, actually. Because oh, I know, yeah. every, I, time, I know every time I talk about well. it, I know that name um, from you. And uh, wow, wow, I'd like to maybe one day say hi to him. Oh yeah, for sure. Dan's a great guy, but but he he's finding new manuscripts all the time. Every time we find a new manuscript, we get a little bit closer to the original, and then we uh, we we fix our translations from before. And there's not really much difference. I mean, you take the King James, which was written in 1611, right? 1611. That's 400 years, 500 years ago. Yeah. Um, compare it to the newest one that we have today, and they're almost identical. You would probably not be able to tell except for King James English. The manuscripts are almost identical. Even the manuscript that they had in the 16th century compared to the manuscripts we have today are 99.9% .9 the same. Sometimes there'll be an update that gives us a little bit more clarity into something, but never changes anything major. So I don't want to act like all the different Bibles, uh, the Bibles have been different. They've all been 99.9% .9 the same from the very beginning. But sometimes it'll say Jesus. Sometimes it'll say Jesus Christ. Sometimes it'll say Christ Jesus. That doesn't make any difference to the meaning of the text, but we want to get as close as possible to the original so that whenever we're reading this, we want to be reading it in our own English as close to the way we speak today as possible from the most reliable manuscripts that go behind it. And that's why we're always updating the Bible. Now, all of that to say this, Tad, I know this is a lot, and maybe this is way no, more than you're wanting. fascinating. Uh, all of this to say this, there are certain people out there who believe the King James that was done in 1611 is the only Bible we should read. And if I was to talk to one of them, I, I used to work for a King James only place in 1998 called Southwest Radio Church. As a matter of fact, I kind of bought into it for a little while because the way they try to convince you is that all these other translations change the Bible for the worse. There's so much more to it than that, but uh, that's that's part of it. And I don't know if your friend is that way, but some of them believe that it has been changed by Satan, um, who has tried to get other people to use other 
uh, translations than the King James. And so there's that kind of group out there. There's some people out there that just believe what's called the Textus Receptus or the majority text, the text behind Erasmus is the ones that he found. He only found six Greek, six Greek manuscripts that he used in his day in the 16th century. We've got 25,000. He had six. But uh, some people believe that the ones that he used were superior to the ones we're finding today, even when we find ones that date back before that time by, by a thousand years. So some people are convinced of that. I don't think there's any reason to be convinced of that. I, I'm not saying that the people don't know what they're talking about. I'm just saying that they're probably doing it for other reasons. And um, some people just believe, listen to this, some people believe that in 1611, whenever you had the scholars that came together and did the translation of the King James, that was one of the first committee Bibles. So you had this committee of people in England come together and they all decided on what to put in the Bible. Some people believe the Holy Spirit actually inspired them to correct any mistakes that were before it. And that is why you use the King James, because it is perfect in that the Holy Spirit re-inspired the Bible 1,600 years after it was finished being written so that all the mistakes would be would be uh, gone. Um, do not believe that at all. I mean, simply there's no evidence for that at all. That'd be fine if God wanted to do that, but there's no reason to believe he did. So it just depends on what your if your friend, if you're saying your friend is a King James only, which you didn't even say. <laughs> so I don't even know if this has been anything contributing to what we that what you want to talk about. But um, if he's a King James only, that's one of those three reasons is why he's King James only. He thinks Satan has corrupted the modern manuscripts, or he thinks that the uh, majority text or the Textus Receptus is superior to the modern translations, or he thinks God re-inspired the people, the translators of the King James in 1611 so that they got it perfect, or all three, or a combination of two of those. Now, any questions about that, about Bible translations? There's so much we could go into about Bible translations, but I'm anything sick, that you want. I can't believe I know someone this smart. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I swear to God on my life, I'm like, how, where, where's Michael? You know, uh, and what reminds me. Oh, you say, you you're saying I wasn't smart before, eh? I've never said, hey, I'm not Canadian, but uh, <laughs> it, it reminded me of a story that you said, you said a couple of things about this and that, and uh, I'm telling a story about you. And um, thankfully I wasn't there, but I think it's one of the funniest stories you've ever done in your life. Well, one of the funniest stories, but um, <clears throat> we're you were at uh, a buddy's house, Wayne. I'm throwing Wayne out there, and a girl showed up, and Wayne didn't want to see her, and <laughs> he goes up and hides in the closet. You decide it's a great idea. Just no, 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 no. He doesn't only go up and hide in the closet. Yeah. We're sitting in the living room. We hear the doorbell ring. He said, oh, it's, and he said her name, right? Yeah. yeah. And I said, go hide. And he ran out the back, into the backyard, scaled his brick house, scaled yeah. the wall, yeah. went into his sister's 
uh, balcony, went yeah. into her room, then went and hid in the closet. Yeah. I knew he was going to go to these places because I told him where to go, and I knew what he, how he was going to scale it up there. And I said, I'll take care of it for you. Okay, now go ahead. <laughs> As a good friend would. Yeah, exactly. But then the bad friend came out. Yeah, no, no. You, you, walked, you walked her. You walked it was her a better friend. Upstairs. You walked her right upstairs. No, you're not telling the story again. Let me tell it. Tell it. All right. I thought you were going to finish it, but you're just trying to sum it up now. Okay, so I'm I'm walking to the door, and I didn't plan on this whenever I told them to go hide in the room, right? But from know. the backyard, whenever I pushed him out the door to go hide, to the front door where I was going to go tell this girl that he's not there, I came up with a great idea. It just was epiphany. You know, it's one of those things while you're walking, you don't know how you didn't think of it before, and you don't know how you got to it this by the time you got to the door. But by the time, all I know is this, by the time I got to the door, the plan was hatched. <laughs> it's terrible. And so, and so well, this is, this is, people are going to think this is so mean. It is mean. All right. It's it really fine. is. And I hope the person that's listening doesn't uh, understands this is the kind of stuff we would do no matter who you were. Right. But um, so, <laughs> so doorbell rings. I I open it and I uh, and uh, she goes, "Hi, Michael. Is Wayne here?" Right then, Bing. And I said, "Yeah, he's here. Come on." <laughs> and so I led her upstairs, back down the hallway through the sister's door around to the closet and i said he's right here i opened the closet and there's wayne hiding in the corner it was the greatest thing i've ever done it really was i, I don't know what this has to do with anything we're talking about but that well, was the greatest thing i've ever done when you were talking about uh, how things have changed in the bible there's something that's just kind of sparked that and it's the way that you made fun of my prayer and so I've got all these things, dude. I just don't focus 100 percent on you. I'm listening, I'm learning, but there's also things I'm thinking. Okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. You that, know. Your mind must have been out there for that one. That one was a good story, though. Good story. Yeah. Moving on. So. Uh, okay. Wait. 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 Okay. So that that's one. Number two, Tad. Okay. So there's the King James Bible. Number two is this. He could be somebody that whenever you say formal and he does things a certain way. Normally, King James only people, and I want to put this as the best I can. They're normally, and they may not mind me saying this, but they're more normally fundamentalistic. So they're fundamentalist in the sense that they have a real tight way of doing things. And usually, you got to follow that pattern as well. Okay, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Okay, and it's usually a little bit of both. Does just because you're fundamentalistic, and believe me, I'm being serious, folks. Whenever I say this, you'll know if you've ever you known somebody like this. I've known fundamentalist, and you'd be like, "Oh, legalist people that are mean, people who aren't kind." No, that's not what I'm saying. A lot of times they are. There's people who are fundamentalists, and they're fundamentalist Christians. They're fundamentalist liberals. They're fundamentalist planet in every single area. But they're very gracious. And I've met, I, I needed to meet one of these guys a long time ago that I could not believe he was a fundamentalist and at the same time so gracious. I actually met him on Facebook and started uh, looking him up and guy that followed me, but I don't even know if he still follows me, but he was the, one of the most gracious guys I've ever known, but believed all the stuff that he believed and followed his life a certain way. Um, 
but that that could be it as well. So usually, whenever you're saying that they're they're different, that's the way that I'm thinking is that they're probably you know from a Christian culture that is not not quite as uh, as liberal as I am. Maybe I'm I didn't a say liberal person different. I just said he's different than you. You know what well, I mean? I, know. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, different. yeah. And, and he's the most gracious. He's the most. Um, He's an amazing, like a truly amazing friend that I can't wait for you guys to finally connect. But um, we were talking about something. Um, we got into the charismatic. We got the Calvinistic. Is that the word? Calvinist, Calvinist. yeah. Calvinist. And and I also want to go back to the legalist thing. And you've, I read a book. I don't know if you wrote it or it was Chuck Swindoll. That had a lot to do with legalists. I think it was you. No, Grace Awakening, Chuck Swindoll. Okay. I'd rather talk about that real quick, if you don't mind. My favorite book of all time, Grace Awakening. It really is. That and the Letters from the Skeptic, I think, are the two. Yeah, yeah. This book changed my life. But a legalist, I I want you to define it, because it's been probably 20 years since I've read that book, but I know the term, and I know... Here's what I think yeah. it means, and then I'll let you tell me what it really means. Okay, okay. What I think it means is it kind of goes back to one of the sh- podcasts we had to where it's like you act this way during the week, and then you get to church, and you're great, and blah, blah, blah. But you are very um, – <laughs> you're a hypocrite. You know, I think a lot of it – not you, but just how they – how I feel like they think is – if I'm acting one way, they're going to judge me. If I'm acting another way, they're going to judge me. So if I don't act their way, then everything else is wrong. And to me, that is a hypocrite. And that's how I see legalists being. Is that, where am I? And you're going to tell me everything I just said was wrong and I'm ready for it. No, no. I mean, obviously, I mean, very, very subjective what you're talking about in the sense of, what you're thinking in your mind. They're a hypocrite. A hypocrite is somebody who says, uh, wants you to live one way, but doesn't live up to it themselves. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Is that what you mean by hypocrite? Yeah, that's what a hypocrite is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm just making sure. Um, And and yeah, they're a hypocrite if they're they're not actually doing the stuff that they say, um, then yeah, for sure, they're hypocrites. I would say legalists, though, whenever you've got it right, legalism, I can't believe... It's already been 40 minutes again. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's 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 do this on the next one. You sure? Now we're gonna get a little that we got something to talk about next time because I really well, do you always got something to talk about. Let me just let yeah. me just not leave it hanging and maybe you can I'll I'll no, do this real quick. Leave it and hanging. then you then you can you hanging. can follow up if you need to, okay? Let's leave it hanging. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? You got well, a weird I'm, look in your face. You got a weird look in your face. Well, like you're, getting ready, I, like I you're walking idea. me up the well, stairs. No, I, just, I got an idea. I just got an idea. I want to leave this hanging. Trust me. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to let you go then, Tad. Okay. Yeah. All right. See you, man. I love you, Michael. Yeah. Love you, bro. Okay, folks. Thank you so much. Hopefully you enjoyed that. And, uh, that was a long time talking about the King James Bible. Um, I, uh, if you want to learn more about that, go to credocourses.com. Look up Dan Wallace. He's there. He's at, he's on our site, credocourses.com. We've got tons of his material. Or get my Bibliology and Hermeneutics course. The Bibliology and Hermeneutics course is part of the theology program. This is not it, 
but it's the theology program. That's what you want to look for. And I go through all of the history of the Bible. I go through all the stuff we just talked about, giving examples. I mean, it's a, it's um, how many hours is that? That's uh, 15 hours worth. So 15 hours worth of formal education on the history of the Bible. I put this up here, but I don't even know what, the, I still don't know how to get rid of the the pounds or whatever that is that it shows. That's not how much it costs, but you can put your uh, phone on that and and be able to figure out where to go for the theology program. This is the digital everything bundle right there, but you can get them one course at a time. Uh, go ahead and go there, check that out. I want you to learn more about the history of the Bible. I want you, I don't want to leave this podcast with anybody less assured about what we have in our hand, whatever we read the Bible actually represents the original. If you, if you say I came to this believing it did, and now I'm confused and I don't, then I did. I didn't do my job. You need to go there. You need to study up on it. I'm telling you, Bibliology and Hermeneutics course will do it. If you want specifically textual criticism, which is understanding the manuscript evidence behind the New Testament, that's what this course is about, then get Dan Wallace's Introduction of New Testament Textual Criticism. But uh, either way, keep on coming back. I'm glad that you joined us this time. Hopefully you enjoyed my story that uh, Tad decided to bring up about Wayne and his uh, his <laughs> during his love life during high school. I'll let Wayne know that uh, he is part of this podcast. But next time, I'm not sure what we will talk about. I'll, I'll be back myself talking about other things, but I'm not sure what Tad will want to talk about next time. Theology 